Hey, welcome to the Michaud Mission, Two Men, One Podcast. Every black film ever made. My name is Len, a.k.a. the Bat Tribble. And as always, I'm joined by my partner. Hey, it's Vincent Williams. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we have a very special show for you. Because all during the month of December, Vince and I are taking time to review films with other podcasters because why not <laughs> and um and we couldn't get this started without having a return visit from one of our favorite guests actually when i was looking at our roster events there's only been one person um who now will have been on the michelle mission three times vince this marks her third stop on the visit. And who was that? And that person is one Jordan Calling of Maximum Fun Networks, The Flop House. And here she is, ladies and gentlemen. There she is. There she is. Hey, it's Jordan. Hi, can you hear me okay? We hear you fine, Jordan. How are you we doing? We can. I'm wonderful. I don't get like a blazer. I don't get like a jacket, like a smoker's jacket. Nothing. <laughs> I would- I was thinking that. <laughs> Perhaps a hat. Yeah. Yes. The hat right on top of here. Yeah. Yeah, we'll send a hat. It looks like yeah. you've got quite a quite a lovely um uh outfit back there on a mannequin at I I guess at your palatial estate in California. Yeah, um, this is my this is the home the home studio. Otherwise known <laughs> as my bedroom. <laughs> oh. How you doing? Jordan's been a long time. I miss yeah. you guys. I'm wonderful. How are you? We're fine. We're fine. We're we're still in Philly. Yeah. Is it snowing? No. No, I don't know about these things. Is it cold there? I don't know about those things. It actually is cold. It actually is cold today. It is very cold today, ladies and gentlemen. But yeah. it may get a little heated here tonight on the Michelle Mission as Jordan has come upon the mission tonight to review 2020's Bad Hair, the new film by written and directed by Justin Simeon. This promises to be a quite a review tonight here on the Michelle Mission. And want to thank each and every one of you out there who's um, joining us, watching and stream watching us as we stream live on Facebook and on YouTube. Uh, Jordan, you're out there in California. And you're doing big things. You're with Maximum Fun. And if people don't know Maximum Fun Network, that is one of the premier podcast networks in the country. And Jordan just, you know, happened to tippy-toe, tippy-toe out of Philadelphia and find her way as as a producer on there. You're doing big things over there, Jordan. Oh, my goodness. Well, okay. Thank you. That's so nice. That's so sweet of you to say. I I want to just want to shout out. First of all, I want to shout out everybody who is uh, on the the live stream. Everyone who's watching, whether you're in Philly, whether you're in LA, or wherever wherever the hell you're at. Hopefully, you're home um, with your mask on. If you're not, um, <laughs> and I want to say hello to all the Max Fun uh, stirs, all of the members, all of the staff. Um, I am blessed to work on uh, Bullseye with Jesse Thorne, which airs on NPR. Uh, I also work on uh, The Flop House, and I work on uh, Fanti, which I just want to shout them out because we just won, uh, we just were just honored with 
Apple Podcasts, uh, like one of their 2020 favorites or something like that. Uh, so I just want to shout out Jared and Trevelle, nice. which is a, another show that I am uh, honored to produce. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was about to say. Listen to Bree Bree, Bree Bree 5. You're doing your Bree Bree 517 says, I listen to Maximum Fun Podcasts a lot. So she definitely is a fan. And Deborah Battle says, hello, Jordan. So the people are Hello. sharing their love with you, Jordan. Yes, absolutely. So now, Jordan, real quick, we, yes. we started together, uh, you and I, on the, the humble little radio stations of Philly Cam uh, here in Philadelphia. And shout out to Philly Cam. Shout out to Philly Cam. Philly Cam. We were the host of the Philly on Location uh, radio show. And now you're out there in California, which I understand is actually going back home for you. Is that right? I'm a little bit of a reverse Fresh Prince because I'm originally <laughs> from um, I'm from L.A. And then my family moved uh, back east. So I was living in Philly and now I'm back here in L.A. So it's a little bit of a a little bit, a little bit of a culture shock. We don't have like backdoor or anything like that. We don't have gritty <laughs> <laughs> you know, everyone's very nice. Everyone's very kind. So I took a little bit of the East Coast with me. Weird. Yeah, everyone's a little weird, but very nice. And I and I have an attitude problem for for the the people out west. But it's just that's just that regular Philly. Stank. <laughs> Is that when they say you got <laughs> right? <laughs> they say you got that Philly stank on you. Is that what they say? People are just very nice. So when you speak to them, you're like, okay, sweetie, get to cut to the chase. What are, what are we saying here? Like, you know, spit it out. Uh, but yeah. Right, right. Yeah. But when I was out in Philly, everybody was like, what are you saying? Shut up, little girl. So, you know, I don't really, I don't really. Anyway, hello, Philly. Hello, Ellen. <laughs> it's all good. Well, thank you. Thank you for taking the time to, uh, to join us for for this review of Bad Hair. And we're going to talk about a couple of um, the podcasts, one of the podcasts in particular that you produce, The Flop House, in just a little bit. But Vince, first, as always, we have to start our show. We have some listener mail that we have to follow up on. Ah, mail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We've got listener mail. Uh, let's see here. Hold on one moment as I go. To the emails, Vince. Our first email is from Faith okay. Hodge. Hey, she Faith. says, uh, "I want to thank you all for the hard work you do with the podcast. My husband and my husband and I enjoy listening. I recently watched a movie on Netflix oh. called The Forty Year Old Version. It's about a black woman who wants to be yes, who wants to play right." That's what she writes. I, I think she, I think she maybe messed up. And as you can guess, has a hard time on her journey. Because if I understand the movie, it's about a, a 40 year old black woman who wants to get into hip hop. Um, her mother recently dies. And in terms of her work, she is encouraged to compromise. It's filmed in black and white and it gives off a she's got a habit feel. Please check it out and see about thinking, uh, adding it to the podcast. Have you seen the 40-year-old version yet, yeah, it, Vince? I have not, but it is on my short list. And I think it at least did the, the festival. Yeah, oh, yeah. So I think it's it's in our yeah, wheelhouse. The festival circuits. How about you, um, Jordan? Have you uh, taken the time to check out the 40-year-old version yet? 
I haven't watched it yet, but it is my current show. Everybody has a show that like you're supposed to be watching mm-hmm. and you tell people you've seen it just so you can sound cool and smart. So it's my current show that I'm like, oh yeah, it's so good. It's so good. And they're like, what's it about? And I'm like, you just got to watch it for yourself. Right, yeah, right, right. Yeah. It's so insightful. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those I, things. I like dynamic. It's one of those yeah, things you can just get, it, get away with. You know, it's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's dope. It's dope. It's dope. And then, you, yeah. you know, just move on. Um but yes, we definitely uh, w- will be checking that out in the new year here on the Michelle Mission. Uh, we also got a, a couple of emails, Vince, from – oh, actually, it was just one uh, – no, it was a couple of emails. I know it was. From Aziza Taylor. All right? Uh, she hey, Aziza. emailed us in regards to our review last week of A Raisin in the Sun. What an impassioned assessment by both of you. Up until now, I thought the play really wasn't relevant to today. But when Vince talked about the main protagonist, I immediately thought of Donald Trump and how he and his family were responsible Mm. for keeping the quote unquote American dream away from people of color through exclusion from white neighborhoods. Are we still living through this? Interesting Interesting question there. Uh, yeah, yeah, especially I, I mean, in, in and I'm trying not to get triggered because this is actually one of one of the things I am passionate about. I mean, when you think about Donald Trump himself making his fortune off mm-hmm. of real estate, oh right, yeah, and you think about how real estate is so connected to wealth, mm-hmm. like like we all kind of throw around these stats. That white families have 13% more wealth than black families. But we never really unpack it. Like, like the, the way people have wealth in this country, nobody has stocks and bonds. Like nobody is the howls on, on Gilligan's true. Island. Everybody, when you track their family wealth, it goes to houses. Like my grandmama had a house and, and they took out a loan to send my parents mm-hmm. to college or they, you know, got a second mortgage to do this, or the house kind of, you, you know, grew in value, you know, all the things we talk about. And so much of it goes back to like the GI Bill and how black people were kept out of those right. benefits. So, yeah, raising in the sun, kind of that real estate being in the center of it is is nothing but America. Like that's 100% America. And and yeah, Donald Trump is like the perfect 21st century villain when you look at that part of his ascension. So, and I'll stop cuz again, I can talk about a raising in the sun for the next 2 hours if you want. Who want to talk about the raising in the sun? Somebody order some wings. <laughs> okay. Uh we did we did a whole show about that, Vince. Um and people you can check that out in the Michelle Mission feed. Uh, Aziza Taylor also (laughs) wrote us and says, um, in regards to rantings and specifically famous rantings (laughs) on the Michelle Mission. Uh, (laughs) Appropriately enough. How could I have forgotten Vincent's rant on Tyler Perry's temptation of film by Tyler Perry or any Tyler Perry movie review? Uh, this ish just don't make sense. Agreed. Uh, the regrets episode is also one not to miss, which can be found in the binge lounge 
hashtag the curse of the meteor man and other concerns. <laughs> Aziza is a real missionary. She is. Like she old school missionary. You know what? That just brought to mind something that I just forgot. Jordan is appearing on the show for the third time. But this could have been her fourth time on the show, Vince, because she was actually one of the reviewers on the very first time we reviewed Meteor Man that did not work out. I just remembered that. Yeah. I forgot about that. The lost episode. <laughs> That's right. You're you are part you are part of the fabric of the curse of the meteor man. I forgot all about that. That's right. That's right. Okay, well mm-hmm. that means that now, Jordan, we have an invitation for you. Vince and I have made a pact, because I don't know if you're aware, that since that episode, I think on two other occasions we've set Set down to review Meteor Man, and it hasn't worked out. So we have made a pact that the very last episode of the show mission will be our review of Meteor Man. So, so Jordan, you're welcome to come join us if you finally want to sit down and review that film. Can I can I cosplay as uh, James Earl Jones's character in the movie? You 100% can. I 100% will. <laughs> That's very true. All right, that that is a date. That is a date. Um Bree uh Bree 517 says that Vincent's rant on driving Miss Daisy is what brought me to this podcast. And uh, Junior Lex says that the Miss Daisy rant is one of the funniest things I've heard in years. We'll follow us for the rest of our lives. <laughs> yes, that will be. That will be. Um, it, that's that's our. That's, there you go. That's that's our hill. Sherry D also emailed us, Vince. Hey, Sherry uh, D. Thanks for your review of, of Raisin in the Sun. I love this film, and I can watch it over and over again. There never was is or will be anything like the great Diana Sands. There there once was a clip on YouTube of Diana Sands and Al Freeman Jr.'s performance in James Baldwin's Blues for Mr. Charlie. I can't locate it now, but I found Mm. this New York Times review of that 1964 play. Among the cast were Ralph Waite, Joe Don Baker, Rosetta Lenore, and Rip Torn, directed by Burgess Meredith, uh, no less. Imagine being in the theater, in a theater seat, watching Diana Sands and Al Freeman Jr. and this cast on stage in this magnificent work. Uh, A few years ago, I was fortunate enough to see A Raisin in the Sun on Broadway with Denzel Washington, Sophia uh, Okonito, and Anika Noni Rose. Diane, mm. uh, Diane Carroll was supposed to play Lena Younger, but due to health issues, she bowed out and Latana, Latanya Richardson Jackson stepped in. It was simply good theater. There are no words. And now for something completely different. Last week, you spoke of The Sopranos and The Wire, two shows that I absolutely love. 
I also dig Homicide, Life on the Streets. Another series that I want to mention is Blackstone, which examines life on and off the reservation for a group of Native American characters on a fictional Native reservation in Canada. It stars Eric Schwag, a good actress named Michelle Thrush, and a cast of some really talented and accomplished Native actors. It's actually a bit of Sopranos, a bit of The Wire, and more, and currently streams for free on Tubi. I'd recommend, if you haven't seen it before, is an intense contemporary Native drama with interesting storylines. Anyway, thank you for being there for us during these crazy times. All the best during the holiday season and beyond. Sherry D. All right. Thank you, Sherry D. And I'll add Blackstone to my right, list. I will, too. I will, too. I'm not, not familiar yeah. uh, with it. I will pretend to have watched it. <laughs> I was about to say, what do you think about Blackstone, it's Jordan? So good. You good. You just got to jump right in. <laughs> I'll let you find out for yourself. It's so good. It's very insightful, yeah, insightful. filmmaking. And dynamic, yeah. Mm-hmm. And dynamic. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Wow. It's almost like you were there. So we... um. <laughs> well, thank you. We thank each and every one of you that hits us up and sends us uh, your listener mail. We really appreciate it. Um, we are here to review bad hair. But before we do, Vincent had brought up something last week that uh, I was not aware of at the time. Um, and I'm curious of whether or not Jordan is is aware of this and had time to check this out. The comedian Dave Chappelle did a quick little, I guess, like 18-minute concert video, as it were, uh, that he posted to Instagram called uh, Unforgiven, if I'm correct. And he speaks about, you know, his point of view on what happened between him and Comedy Central and also in, in regards to why The Chappelle Show, which premiered on Netflix a few weeks ago, uh, summarily left Netflix not long ago. Are you aware of this this video, uh, Jordan? Yeah, I am aware of it. Um, yeah, I I'm I'm rooting for for Dave, but he's he's uh the one show that I I produce, Fanti. We actually did a we are all about complicated faves and you know wrestling with the the complex and and complicado as you say as we say uh, of. People who, you know, either are heroes or used to be our heroes Mm -hmm. or who we would want to, you know, kind of look up to. And we did an episode on Chappelle uh, following his uh, his SNL uh, guest host from a few weeks ago. Okay. uh, Gig. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I want to I want to root for Dave. He gives me a lot of reasons not to. But one thing Dave's going to always do is speak the truth and and. well, the one thing that I used to be able to count on Dave to always do is speak the truth. But I think that when it's when it's coming from the uh the vantage point of uh blackness and coming from the vantage point of of treating black men, cis het black men with equity, I think that you can count on Dave to to speak his truth. <laughs> that 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 very narrow yeah. <laughs> lane. Yeah. You, you were t- is is what I'm you, getting from you. Fit it in right in there. Uh, yeah. Right. Uh, right. Yeah. He's right. A, he knows. Thread that. Thread that needle. Yeah. He's in his his wheelhouse. I will say that about, mm-hmm. about Dave. But what what do you what do you think about him? 
Well, I'll, I'll, I'll turn to Vince because Vince was the one. That, give me that look. Because you were the one who, who you know, <laughs> upon seeing it, definitely wanted to talk about it yeah. here on the show. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess I'll approach it from the business angle of it. I am obviously really interested in issues of ownership and sort of trans platform issues mm-hmm. of ownership. And I, I think I, I I think he is, as he kind of said in in the the. You called it a concert. I think it's funny. Dave Chappelle don't even tell jokes anymore. Have you noticed that? That he stopped telling jokes? Like, he's not even telling jokes anymore. He's just sort of, you know, being a truth sayer and, and, and you, you know, just kind of in doing Dave stuff. But I do think as these platforms splinter and move and, and, and we talk about different ways frankly, of being entertained and of reaching different audiences. In my mind, this is another part of the conversation you and I had a couple of weeks ago about these films moving to streaming platforms and and what that means. And just to piggyback what you said, Jordan, because Dave is very narrowly speaking truth, about a very specific type of blackness. And I, you know, frankly like to think unless we all free, ain't none of us free. So I don't, you know, the older I get, the less kind of room I have to deal with that. I'm more interested in, in, in the business side of it. If I'm going to listen, you know, if I'm going to listen to it. And, and as far as that is concerned, I think it's fantastic that someone in his position is 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 making these moves because, uh, you know, it's it seems like, you know, we all flip the TV. We all see these things. We all watch these shows over and over. And and the Chappelle show, I think it's a perfect example of a show or of a, a form of entertainment that is ripe for exploitation. Because we all watch it in so many different ways. Like, you know, it pops up on Facebook. Mm-hmm. You, you flip the channels and it's on some channel. And 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 how are you compensated as the content creator? And and how are we going to redefine what that looks like? So, so to me, that's what really fascinated me about the conversation. Like, I mean, I'll just quote him. He signed the contract, but does it make it right? Yeah, so. I mean, yeah. Go ahead, Jordan. Go ahead. I, I, yeah, I'm just agreeing with you. I want to root for him, and I'm not saying that that it, it would be incorrect to do so. I just wonder where all this energy was, you know, for when Monique had her issues with with Netflix. Where where were I? I just it always seems as a black woman that we are tasked with uh, rallying around black men making business moves. Uh, and that same energy isn't given to the rest of the the black diaspora, to black women, to black you know LGBTQI plus community. Like Dave, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 no. I I, I feel you. Um, I didn't necessarily just just a, a, a little commentary on what you said about Monique without knowing the full story about Monique. 
um, the the what little bit I was able to glean or read up on the idea that it was like kind of like a, a money thing, and she thought she could have should have gotten the X amount of dough, and such and such got this dollar amount. Why that? Why can't I get that dollar amount? And you know, I mean, there's some there, there's rallying around, but there's also you know how much you how much you really worth, right? And I and while I came for everybody getting every dime that they they want. Um, I also recognize the economics of sometimes some person for whatever reason, sometimes due to the color of their skin, and sometimes due to their talent or just their where they are in the in the culture or zeitgeist at the moment may be worth more than someone else. So I didn't really get too that deep on on the Monique train, you know, mm-hmm. you know, like. You know, I, I know a lot of people of other color, whether they were black or, or or whomever, got nice checks. You know, so so you know, I was like, I was going to sweat about that. The thing about Dave Chappelle, while I hear you, Vince, about the whole ownership deal, and and that is cool, and it's cool that he's at a point in his career where he's able to flex and get Netflix to take the show off the air. Um. And if he's asking us to boycott not watching the show, it's like, whatever. Um, what bothers me about him, and I think this is kind of in, in line with where, where you you and your show went, uh, Jordan, is that, you know, the one thing I've always enjoyed about Dave Chappelle, like you said, Vince, he's no longer a joke tech teller he's more like a true sayer he more is somebody that actually just gets up on the stage and while there are definitely jokes there for the most part he's going through a monologue he's just giving you you know you know a stream mm-hmm. of consciousness you know um and he, he really quite as kept he's doing a podcast on air he's doing what mark Marin does at the beginning of every one of his podcasts um but he's just doing it on a stage and he's putting it out there in these little 10 15 minute bits on youtube and instagram and, and what have you but what he what but mark Marin is doing that because his comedy his approach to comedy and his ap- approach to relating to people has developed and grown over his lifetime especially the lifetime of him doing his podcast and while the mechanics of how dave is putting his stuff out there there are there are sometimes in his stories and in his mannerisms, there there is evidence that there is a lack of growth in what he's doing. He's funny as hell, but there's sometimes he resorts to like he resorts to some derogatory, some misogynistic type of language and attitudes that he certainly seems that he's enlightened enough to be past. And he doesn't have to be putting out there in right. his comedy. And right. what makes it worse is that when he is called on the carpet for it, and I'm not, and I don't mean by like the, the Twitter trolls who just start screaming at him because, you know, yeah, at some point you do have to turn them off. But I'm sure, I'm sure that for every thousand knucklehead on Twitter that's streaming, that's yelling at him, there's somebody who is probably, if not a peer, Someone who can definitely bend his ear, whose opinion he respects, who's probably getting in his ear about it. Yet he staunchly, you know, wants to be like, hey, it, it, 
a joke is a joke is a joke. But there's sometimes where a joke is not a joke and you have to you have to evolve past that. I think about when Richard Pryor famously went to Africa and then came back on his concert um, film and talked about how, you know, I walked all over Africa. And yeah, I, I saw somebody look like little Jojo from th- down the street and I saw my cousin, cousin Ray Ray and, and, and Aunt Jenny and everything. But the one thing I didn't see is I didn't see any niggas. You know what I mean? And he he made a conscious effort to try and take that out of his lexicon as far as him doing his his comedy and the things that he and then things that he would do uh, subsequently. Was he always successful? No, but he acknowledged it at least, and he acknowledged that he was going to try and make make that change. You know what I mean? And with Dave Chappelle, there oftentimes is like this staunch nah i'm going to be me and it comes off as like i'm smarter than you and everybody else and that sometimes rubbed me the wrong way and um i i'm like you jordan i want to cape up for the dude because i appreciate i do appreciate him and i do think that he is one of the if not one uh the funniest guys who steps on that stage right now but I can't I I can't like just I can't give it up for you until you acknowledge that even in the unforgiven joint I think not even that and one there was one bit Vince me and you talked about it where he was um coming down on all the people that were following Trump and everything like that and he was calling them all idiots but he still came out of his went out of his way to call the women the b words right and 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 there was actually one white guy who he defended i don't really know you so i'm not going to call you out of your name but a chick that he doesn't know he called the b word and like that's right that ain't cool I, i i i can't ride with that that mentality and he's he's smarter than that he's better than that and that's that really is. I find it actually very disappointing. <sighs> I'm sorry. Anyway, <laughs> uh, right. on another note, Ariel Johnson says, "Hey Jordan." So just wanted to let you. <laughs> hey Ariel. <laughs> Ariel is, uh, of course, the uh, the owner of uh, Amalgam Comics. Amalgam Comics and Coffee House. And Coffee House. Yes. Uh, which Thanks, brings Jordan. me to. A very special request, if you two don't mind, that I want to put out there to the um, to the missionaries out there. And, and Vince is gonna Vince is gonna be okay. weird, but just ride with me. Okay. Now, in these crazy COVID days, businesses aren't operating the same. I, I'm sure they're not operating the same out there for you as well, uh, Jordan. And speaking of amalgam comics and coffee house. Which sells comic books, which you can still buy online at AmalgamPhilly.com. But they were also a coffee house. And not only were they a coffee house with premier coffee that I never tasted because I don't drink coffee, but they had great tea. But they had original pastries there that were lovingly made, be quiet, Vince, that were lovingly made by the owner, Ariel Johnson. Ariel, who would also bake the best chocolate chip cookies 
in here the world. We go the I don't know when you were here in Philly, or if you ever come back to Philly, have you been uh, had an opportunity to taste Ariel's chocolate chip cookies, Jordan? I have not. I've had a bunch of the pastries that are served at at uh, Amalgam, and I've never had an opportunity to have the cookies. No one has sent me any cookies. So I feel some kind of way that I've never tasted these cookies. But. Well, we may never get these cookies again because since COVID, Amalgam Comics, the 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 kitchen has been closed, and they have not been making any chocolate chip cookies now. I've dealt with this since April. And as all the people who work at Amalgam and all the all the patrons at Amalgam will know, I would go to Amalgam not once, not twice, but often three times a week to buy at least two of these huge computer-sized chocolate chip cookies because they were that good. But I've been without that. And that's fine. But it's Christmas time. And I, the one thing I look forward to at Christmas, which I've looked forward to. Why do you sound like you're about to cry? Because <laughs> I don't, Jordan, I have no idea what's going on. You would think he doesn't know Ariel. Vince, you think I haven't asked Ariel to make me chocolate chip cookies? And she has. So what you going to do, shame her? No, Are you trying I'm to not, shame her? I'm not trying to shame her. She, she's got right, <laughs> rightful reasons not to make them. I, I completely understand why the, why the store is closed. I completely understand that. Jordan, he's completely but off the rails Chris, at this point. Just, Christmas just rot, time. just rot it out. Just and, rot it out. And, and I like having. I don't know about you. I like getting cookies at Christmas, but I only eat one cookie, and that's chocolate chip cookies. So, miss, missionaries, I'm asking you, where can I get good chocolate chip cookies? I don't oh know, God. Vince. I don't know. I was addicted to Ariel's chocolate chip cookies. I need some other place to get good chocolate. I have been, I can't get Chip Ahoy's. They, they're not the same. I, you know, you go to like ShopRite, you go to a couple of the local places, you know, you know, y'all don't know where I live, but where I live in Philly, there ain't no good chocolate chip cookies. There ain't no good. I'll put it out. Port Richmond don't have good chocolate chip cookies. I need some good chocolate chip cookies. I don't care where they are. Tell me, missionaries. Email us at michellemission at gmail.com. Please tweet us at michellemission. Hit us up on Instagram at michellemission. You okay over there, Jordan? Are you good? You didn't know you signed up for all this, I did you? Know, I mean, did it dawn on you to maybe ask for the recipe? I, I, can't I, I don't ask know. Her yeah, for the I, recipe. I it's a recipe like. But he can do like this. Her own recipe. I feel like her mother handed it down from like you know the. I'm just in, I'm embarrassed for you. Right now. <laughs> this is terrible. This is terrible, isn't it? This is terrible, isn't it? See, this is this is also taping during COVID because if we were together at this point, I would have reached my hand out and put it on his shoulder. <laughs> um, Orphan Pixels wants to know: Does she ship to England? She does ship comic books to England. Oh, for uh, she doesn't ship uh, chocolate chip cookies, but she will ship some comic books to to England. And George Kimona is recommending insomnia cookies. I like insomnia cookies. They're not bad. They're not bad. I, I, I'm, I'm... Hi, George Kimona. <laughs> she said... <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Uh, Camellia says somebody get the, get this man a chocolate chip cookie. <laughs> all right. All right. Or, or a hug or something. <laughs> Jesus... Somebody give him Jesus. <laughs> Something. 
I'm not. I don't. I don't yuck on yum. So if you if you uh, if you like it, I love it. <laughs> oh, that's cute. I don't yuck on yums. I gotta tell you to write that down. Who's that? All right, all right. Um, before we before we get into our review of bad hair, uh, Jordan, one of the shows that you review. I mean, excuse me, that you produce for the Maximum Fun Podcast Network, I believe is actually a movie review show. Is that correct? It is. Uh, I'm a producer on the Flop House, uh, which is a part of the Max Fun Network. And it's uh, it's a real crazy concept. It's three white guys talking about a movie. I know you never heard of that before. <laughs> Interesting. Like, Tell me yeah, more. Um but these are three of my favorite white guys. They're uh, Elliot Kalin, who uh, you may know from, uh, he worked on The Daily Show. Uh, Dan McCoy, who currently works on The Daily Show. And Stuart Wellington, uh, who has an amazing bar uh, in Brooklyn, I believe, called Hinterlands. Um, they uh, review a bad movie and then they talk about it. Uh, the flop, interesting thing about The Flop House is it is the first podcast that I ever listened to. And if it wasn't for the podcast, I probably would not be a podcast producer. Uh, really? This is the first podcast I ever, yeah, I, I ever listened to. And I, and I oh, said, man, this sounds cool. like fun. I, I like the, you know, the dynamic. I like talking about movies. Without uh, the Flophouse, I probably would never have stepped foot into Philly Cam and, and started Philly on Location, where uh, me and my, my co-host, Rel Brown, talked about movies that we sometimes didn't really watch. And... Uh, <laughs> There was an episode that Rel and I did where we were both bus- too busy to watch the movie, but we both lied to each other, but we didn't want to admit that we were lying. And we're, we're talking about the movie, and he's talking about all the stuff that was in, like, the Cinema Sins, like, uh, uh, what's wrong with this, like, a YouTube video. And we would watch the same video, because we were making the same points, and we just looked at each other like, you didn't watch this, Tim. <laughs> It was dynamic. It was a dynamic movie. You just got to check it out for yourself. Um, yeah. But uh, The Flop House is every Saturday on the Maximum Fun Network. Every uh, other week, we do a full movie review episode. And then on the off weeks, we do like a mini where we talk about silly things. Uh, they talk about silly things. So, yeah, check it out. Flop House. So how, does the, how do you um, or how does the show decide what is a bad movie does is it like you know is it by it's a flop is considered a flop movie is it the box office or is it you know critic reviews how do you determine that so um i don't make the decisions on the movie that goes to dan mccoy uh but i know that as far as what goes into them selecting movies and what makes in my opinion a good uh, movie podcast where you're talking about a bad movie is not to just pick a movie that has been like panned worldwide. Right. Not don't pick it off of like a Metacritic number. Pick it off of. Uh, I don't know if anyone reads the the AV Club mm-hmm. uh, website. Mm-hmm. So uh, I forget who the critic is, but he'll sometimes give a movie like a a, a D minus or a D. Right. And that's a movie that's not. It's not good by any stretch of the imagination, but it's not even. The, the good bad movie you want to see, you want to talk about, is the one that he gives an F. Because that movie really put work into being bad <laughs> or really put work into being good and just missed the mark incredibly. 
Uh, and those are the interesting right, right. movies that you really want to be able to like engage with. So uh, I was able to guest on the Flophouse a couple of months ago when we talked about Will Smith's Gemini Man. Oh, and <laughs> mm. uh, there's a lot. Mm, there's a lot to love about what that movie wanted to be, uh, <laughs> but. For me, the meat of it was really about all the ways that this movie that could have been something, could have really like revolutionized uh, the way we do CGI and, mm-hmm. and just, just, just was so boring and missed the mark. That's another thing, though. You, you generally don't want your movie to be boring. So I'd rather watch... I'd rather watch an interesting, horrible movie than a boring, great movie any day of the week. Um, but yeah, that kind of goes into the movies that are picked for the Flophouse. And is it is it fun to talk about? Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. And you can check out the Flop House, ladies and gentlemen, uh, at the Flop House Pod on uh, Twitter, and you can go to the flophousepodcast.com, dot com, I believe, is the uh, website, and check out the show, or just look up Maximum Fun. Go to Maximum Fun, and all their podcasts are right there for you mm-hmm. to check yeah. out. And that is one of the podcasts that Jordan Calling is the producer of. And speaking of bad films, that seems like a perfect segue for us to get into our review of Justin Simeon's Bad Hair. We'll be right back with our movie review after we step to these messages. Excuse me, thank you. Thank you so much. I'm so sorry I'm late. You ever had a dream? One you'd be willing to do anything for? Wow. Anna? How's work? Are you still interning for that lady? Executive assistant. Anna, music people have certain expectations and my girls need to flow freely. Who does your hair? No one? Me? Aren't you tired of it? All the stares you get. That girl is You want to be one of my girls? Yes. This came all the way from India? Forget about where it's from. Let's focus on where it's going. You're not tender-headed, are you? I'll be fine. <laughs> Clients wear this stuff is magic. Wow. How's it feel? People look at you and they see somebody else and somehow you become more of yourself. I can't fault you for doing whatever it takes to get where they keep trying to keep us from getting. In a perfect world, a woman would be able to wear her hair the way she wants to. A moss-haired girl. She see trees covered in black moss and made herself a wig. Maybe the hair in the tree was enchanted. <laughs> it's fun to think about. Something bad has happened. Oh, I'm aware. Mm. What? 
cannot die today, okay? I've been in church for like 15 years. Uh, hey, girl. Damn, that took a turn. <laughs> Bad hair. In 1989, an ambitious young woman gets a weave in order to succeed in an image-obsessed world of music television. However, her flourishing career may come to a at great cost when she realizes that her new hair may have a mind of its own. This 2020 satirical horror film written and directed by Justin Simeon of Dear White People fame stars L. Lorraine. Jay Farrow, Lena Waithe, and Vanessa Williams. And it was the selection of Jordan Calling on her third trip here on the Michelle Mission. Jordan, what say you? I'm going to put you in the middle. Let's put you in the middle here. Bam. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. What? Jordan in the, in middle. the middle. Where's she at? What say you of <laughs> bad hair? Oh boy, this movie. <laughs> there were so many parts in this movie where I was just like, well, why did they do that? I didn't, there was no one else here for me to talk to. I was talking to myself, why did they do that? Why did they do that? I'm looking around, who, why did they do that? Um, this is a movie. It had everything. It had characters, it had actors. It had, it had a script. I'm assuming it had a script. <laughs> Oh, boy. There is so much about this movie that I just love, love, love. And uh, Mm. kind of in the same way when we were talking about Dave Chappelle and you made the point of just like, because um, of my love of Dear White People and my love for Justin Simeon Mm -hmm. and my love for Black comedy and Black horror, I just was so... I, I was just disappointed that certain... I was just disappointed. Mm. This movie is is crazy. Let's just say that. It is wild. It's a wild ride. It. I don't really know where it was going, but <laughs> yeah. The, the shame yeah. of it is, is yeah. I'm not sure the film knew where it was going either. That And I, and I think that might mm. be the uh, the problem, mm. problem with it. I'm curious, though, when... Is it... I'm curious. Was it just because... You wanted an excuse to watch the film that you chose this movie to review? I chose this movie to review because um, I was really excited to see it. I was really excited about the cast. I was really excited to see uh, Jay Farrow from from SNL uh, in another movie. Mm -hmm. Um, I was really excited to see this movie. And I've been on... You asked me earlier about how I've been like making my way downtown during this this quarantine. Um, and one thing that I've been doing is um, obsessively, subconsciously pulling my hair out. Oh. And I started doing mm. it uh, like a month into the pandemic. Okay. And I, I started pulling it out so much that I was like, I got to do something about this. And so I restarted this hair journey that a lot of uh, black women go on where you're relaxed and maybe you decide to go natural or maybe you get, you know, uh, a sew-in or maybe you get locks or so all the, the different options. So I decided to put micro locks in, which are, which are under this scarf. And so I was really excited to come on and talk to you guys about a movie about women's struggle, black women's very unique 
not that black men don't also struggle and, and black non-binary people, but black women's unique struggle with our hair. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. that's not what this movie is about, but um, mm-hmm. that's what I thought it was about. So <laughs> that's why I picked it. <laughs> it's interesting. I, I kind of thought that the movie was going to be a little bit about that as well. Um and I definitely was in the bag to like this because of Justin Simeon, because of Dear White People, um, because mm-hmm. of, you know, the movie and the show, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So I was real interested in checking it out. The first thing that, that just really like, all right. All right. What I liked about the movie, <laughs> let's get this out of the way. The one thing I enjoyed about the movie was the st- satirical look at MTV, BET in the mm-hmm. 80s and in, 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 mm-hmm. in, into the 90s. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed that. It's And it was so on point. It was so on the nose. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Kelly Rowland basically being Janet Jackson, you know. Uh, Janet Jackson's lawyers need to be quite litigious about this. Movie. If, I was, <laughs> I, if I was poor Janet Jackson just sitting down in my house to watch a movie, oh, let's watch Bad. I would have, I would be have my lawyer on speed dial because the way they did this Janet Car- Kelly Rowland's character. <laughs> Why? I mean, I mean, she. She would, I mean, look. I'm not saying they're wrong. <laughs> she I'm was saying right. I would be upset. But apparently she's a tree witch. <laughs> apparently. Apparently. But I like that. I like that. I, I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed that, right? Um, I thought that was, um, and, and especially when she was doing the video because she was like spot on. I was like, did they get Janet Jackson? Did, did, did they get like computer, like computer imagery of janet jackson from back in the day for this video it was like spot on right um and then they took a a slight jab i think the fellas are either supposed to be a a cross between bell biv devoe or new edition or the boys i don't know what they were but um they were kind of like you know in in the background doing their little thing i was like "Ah, let's see what you're doing there um that was Ralph Tresvent hatred. That's what that was. That, that was is that, that what was that was? Unmitigated <laughs> Ralph Tresvent slander. I don't know about that, but uh, it, it, I, I know about it. It's, that's what it was. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so I appreciate. I appreciated that. If the movie had leaned in more on that, and it and it and it just kind of like. I think at the end of the day, the problem with this movie is that it doesn't pick a lane. It doesn't know where it wants to be. Mm. It wants to be hysterical. It wants to be horror. But it, but you have to, you have to kind of like lean one way or the other. You know what I mean? Because you can be both, mm-hmm. but one is going to supersede the other. You can't try and do, um, 50% of one and 50% of the other because it, it just it just doesn't marry well. Um and that kind of like let me down in the in this movie along with for some reason the direction of this movie just seemed real off. 
it seemed like there were camera angles that absolutely made positively no sense. They didn't add anything to the storytelling whatsoever. Like there's a moment where somebody, um, the lead character, L, I think her name is Anna. I think uh, mm-hmm. Anna, her sister comes and visits her. And there's a moment when the, when the, mm-hmm. the camera is looking at them in the doorway from the ceiling for no reason. It, it, like they're barely on the screen. It doesn't add anything to the story. It doesn't. It doesn't. You know, illustrate or add any nuance to what's happening because they're basically just there. Hey, I'm here, and I brought something for you. And then you cut to that. They're in the living room. It adds nothing to it. It's like, then why are you doing this? It. it there was. It, there was just direction to this film that just seemed, just like almost amateurish and that really that really like just like whoa i don't know what you're doing bruh this is not this is not working whatever you're trying whatever you think you're doing it ain't working and this movie didn't work for me yeah i i think i I think you said something jordan about being disappointed and and you know as a couple as i'll just join you two like i'm a fan of Justin Simeon. Like, like we love the film, Dear White People. I think the first two seasons of Dear White People are fantastic. I I really like this cast. Like, I really, really like this cast. But I have to say, I was not disappointed because disappointment implies expectation. Mm. And I have to say, this is something, what I'm about to say, you know, I, I, I ruffled Gina Price Bythewood a little bit. I think I ruffled her feathers with what I'm about to say, but I think the subject of black women's hair is so complicated and so nuanced and such a sensitive subject that I always expect that somebody's going to fumble it. And I really don't have, like, I really had no expectations of a man mm. making this film about black women's hair. And then it lands on weaves are evil, like literally evil. These weaves are literally evil. So that I just think it just flattens the conversation so much in a way, like if you're going to use an aspect of black culture, to kind of you know as 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 a metaphor to do something fantastic like like in my mind the gold standard at this point really is get out like i think get out just perfectly captured what it's like to have that kind of ambient fear of being the one black person mm-hmm. with white people and and then how society kind of gaslights you like oh it's not crazy you you know you're losing your mind or, uh, in my mind, the best episode of Lovecraft Country this season with Bopsy and Topsy, where Misha Green and company really look through stereotype and the horror of stereotype. And if you don't have that level of sensitivity with this subject, I, I like like it fell as flat as I, like as soon as I heard about this movie and I and I like triple checked. When it said Justin Simeon directed it, I said, oh, who wrote the script? And as soon as I saw he wrote the script, I said in my head, 
oh yeah, he's going to F this up. And he did. And the bad part is to, to something you just said, Lynn, I don't even think that part was necessary. Like a film about MTV and about image and about, you know, the, the sort of push and pull of black culture becoming pop culture in the eighties could have carried the whole yeah. movie. Like you didn't even need all yeah, this yeah, but, other but stuff. Yeah, but to be fair, so, a movie that focuses on black women, their image of themselves and how the world perce- perceives them um, and the whatever inner struggle, inner or outer struggle that that uh, creates, um, there's enough there to fill up a film and there's enough there even if you want to mix it in in some kind of crazy way with you know like old you know uh old lore and such there there's something there to be mined as well but it's 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 a matter of picking picking a lane i see what you're saying as far as him being the writer that you maybe you you want to have a woman in the room to help mine that but I also recognize that there are men who can write good stories about women with women protagonists that speak on women's women's issues in a way that offers at least some type of thoughtful insight or, or nuance to it. Or in this case, with a horror movie, let's face it, this was a horror movie. We weren't, ex- you know, we weren't expecting Citizen Kane coming out of this thing, right? You know what I mean? You're expecting to have fun, so at least have fun with it in a respect respectful way, or not even a respectful way. Just have fun with the whole thing. But you got to choose a lane. You got to you got to choose which way you want to go. Either you want to be funny. Or you want to be horrific. And this movie is neither horrific nor is it neither funny. And the problem is, is that it's trying to be both. And it's failing. It definitely failed. There was there was one point toward the end of the movie where uh, uh, Anna comes across uh, Vanessa Williams' character. And Vanessa Williams, all of a sudden, she starts tapping into like her ugly Betty character. Yeah. <laughs> she's, like, she's like very funny, mm-hmm. and I was just like, why, why didn't they do this? It's like she, it's like they brought them in, them back in, like six months later, and mm-hmm. she was like, how about we, I, we do this? I play this funny this scene. It's like there, there, there's. It's correct. There was such a missed opportunity. There's so much that they could have done with the whole. Um, cult or culture story and BET versus MTV loved it loved loved where they were going but it was not enough for for anything that they were trying to do with this movie it wasn't scary enough for it to be a horror and it, and it didn't stick to it didn't follow it didn't didn't follow logical sense enough for me to kind of like <laughs> extend disbelief and be in the moment in a horror movie but it also just wasn't funny enough there were moments where that I thought were funny uh, but not not nearly enough. Yeah. Right. Right. And I when when Vanessa will I'm sorry. Go no, ahead. I, go go ahead, uh, Vincent. No, when Vanessa Williams says at one point um, when Anna asks her about her experience and and is this happening across the city, and Vanessa Williams says, "Let me check with my Killer Weave support group." I don't know what the hell is going on either. Much like you, I was I was like. 
well, this is the character that I wanted for the past two hours. It's like you didn't think to workshop that, so you could come there a little (laughs) bit closer to, you know, five minutes before the movie is is over. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like, Like, you have Vanessa Williams, you have Robin Thede, you have Laverne mm. Cox. I mean, even Blair Underwood, the couple of... Like, you have this amazing cast. Why is Nicole Byer in, in only two scenes? Thank you. Nicole Byer's Thank in you. two and scenes. And not doing anything in either I mean, of them, really. Not... Right. I mean, you have this great cast, and they're just... Like, you're not utilizing them. Right. I think also it's funny that um, in a lot of interviews that Justin does, he talks about kind of... Uh, not wanting to be ty- uh, people will often inter- interview him and ask him uh, about like a Spike Lee comparison because all black uh, right. know, directors have to be compared to Spike Lee or to Tyler Perry and find you know where you kind of fit in mm-hmm. um, and that he he kind of resents that comparison and that um, and I think I find it funny because similarly to Spike Lee uh, I think Justin had no business writing a movie about, you know, black women's hair. And I think that similarly to Spike Lee, look, my favorite, my favorite Spike Lee movie is Crooklyn. And it's, it was a, no right. surprise to me to find out that like his, you know, sisters Sister. really had everything to do with why, why yes. I love Crooklyn so much. And I think that had he decided he was gonna, I'm going to write this thing. I'm going to produce this thing. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to do it all. I'm going to direct it. The fact that I want to know what black women were in the room with him you know, guiding that way or why he didn't think to just have a black woman write this. Because I think that... Yes. Yeah, why didn't you just do that? Why didn't you do that, Justin? I know you're watching. I mean, I mean, <laughs> he had he had one of the preeminent uh, black directors and writers right there wasting her time on film and leaving right. Waif. Like, why don't you just tell her, right. like, hey, why don't you just punch up, if, if nothing else, your lines in this movie, and then maybe we've got something. You're dirty for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're not wrong, though. Yeah, I'm just saying, man. Yeah. I mean, like, there was... Um, it, the whole deal with Nicole Byer, Blair Underwood, like, the whole family dynamic... You were supposed to feel something there. They feel like they're in a whole nother movie that you could like excise that those couple of scenes out of the movie. You wouldn't miss anything. Um, you say that you like the cast, Vince. I like the cast, the name, but like we just said, Nicole Byer's not doing anything. Um, Blair Underwood is used for exposition mostly and even then it's the barest exposition he basically just opens up opens a book oh, and yeah. points to a page and says i'll see you later i gotta go to bed um uh vanessa williams i guess she's having fun i mean she's doing whatever um but the leads l lorraine i think it's kind of it's like straining a little bit um but i think for the most part she's well cast i don't know if she's well directed Jay Farrow, I've heard a lot of people cape up for Jay Farrow. I don't see it myself. I don't I don't see charisma off of him. I don't see any especially great talent. Uh I think that works for him in this role though. Not to interject. Actually I actually agree with you. I've I've never understood the Jay Farrow train, but I think as the receptionist who basically gets promoted through, you you know, this sort of, um, like he kind of 
trips up, like mm-hmm. he fails up. I thought he was the perfect person to be- because he had no charisma. Well, okay. Like when they said why like when they said why does he have this job? I actually was thinking that when they first show- showed him. I was like, why has he got the job? So I don't know if that was deliberate, but he actually yeah, worked for me. It's interesting because I was thinking that, you know, when I saw his name in the credits, so like, why did he get this role? Because he has no charisma. And I don't see why. And it, it's evident on the screen. I don't think he comes across as you don't. I don't feel for him as a bad guy. I don't feel for him as a, as a good guy. I don't feel I don't find him. I didn't find him funny. Um I find I found him actually like be kind of like just a black hole of nothing in this movie. Like he's not. The kids love Jay Farrow. I don't know. I don't get it. I actually would have liked to see. I would have actually liked to see him waste his time in the Usher role and let Usher play his role. No, but Usher makes sense, though. Like Usher makes sense as the VJ. But I mean. I I think you cast Drake in this role. Pre-beard Drake. Pre-beard Drake. That's a good one. That's a good one. Pre-beard Drake. That's very specific, too. I like that. Yeah, because beard Drake, still, I don't want to hear it, but it's like, okay. (laughs) Beard. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, beard Jake, or Drake. Beard Drake, (laughs) I'll I'll listen to what he has to say. And like... (laughs) Pre-beard Drake. Pre-beard Drake, I'm like, You did you this know. to yourself, Jordan. You can- <laughs> I did it to myself. You did. You did. Pre-beard Drake is like, don't talk to me like that. But but beard Drake, what was the question? <laughs> it was, can you eat fiddle faddle while wearing a kimono? You just gotta see if, check it out for yourself. You just gotta check it out for yourself. <laughs> Uh, that's coming to an Instagram near you very soon, ladies and gentlemen. Watch, watch Michelle Mission. Um, and the other thing is, why was this movie so long, dude? Here's the thing, though: it's only an hour and forty three minutes, but it feels long. I thought I was watching Bridge Over the River Kwai. This show was so long. Well, I think it's like a 20-minute segment at the end where the hair is chasing her. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, wow, this 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 is still going on, huh? And then and then they stole the scene, then then they they stole the ending straight out of signs and they just got the hair wet. <laughs> the end, yes. it was at the end it was just yes. water. All the time, which makes no logical sense because she got the hair wet and the and the hair was able to like re- regenerate itself or something like that. This movie, I, my main point with this movie is that this movie makes no sense, and it knows it makes no sense. Well, and it's just like, true. where are you going? You're home. We're all home. Just watch this movie. Um, right, you're in it in now. It now. I I was really intrigued by... I, okay, so first of all, I'll say I love that this movie is set... Was it 1989? 1989. I, think it was, I yes. love the, 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 that we're in this time capsule of, of blackness that like in, in uh, like other movies and television shows that are set in the late 80s or early 90s, when you see black people... I, I'm the kind of black person when I see 
uh, period pieces like uh, like uh, the Bly Manor that just came mm-hmm. out on Netflix. When I see period pieces that are like in the 80s or in the 90s, I always look at the black people and I'll be like, is that what we were wearing? Because I feel like white people don't really they don't know. Writers rooms don't really, they don't know. Right. They, yeah, they don't actually yeah. know. Yeah. So I'm always um, interested when black directors and black writers create um, entertainment that's set in the 80s or the 70s or the 90s because like you can kind of look to those fashions. So I was really interested in you know, what this movie was getting right for me. And that was one of those things that I love that it was set in the late 80s. I loved, you know, the music that people were listening to. Then, like you said, with Kelly, when Kelly's, when the Kelly's rolled in and, uh, and she was playing this Janet character, I loved the video, the music video. I loved all of that. I love, I love the shoulder pads. I saw, I saw all the shoulder pads. Right, right. I had an array of vests over color, colorful shirts. I, I feel like this movie really didn't need the horror killer weave, you know, stolen. Not at uh, all. You know, Simpsons plot line. Uh, I, I feel like it, it didn't need that. I feel like that could have been a, in a whole different movie. And this could have just been about cult slash culture and, you know, her ascension uh, and kind of losing herself in it. And the fact that she low key like invented uh, BET's uncut mm-hmm. and just like. Yeah. Right. I want give me that movie. I want to see that movie. Uh, or Orphan Pixel says that yeah. Jordan nails it. Horror needs rules. Uh, yeah, yes. and, and that's the thing you, because you're you're feeling like the setup, but then you want to see okay how this how is this going to play out? Like the the hair needs blood to sustain itself. That's why you know it kills, and that's why it had. A little bit of a disturbing scene when it um when she was in the what was that uh, and the um oh boy. Th- th- that was <laughs> what was that that what was that about what I said after that scene I was like what what was that what what was that yeah what was that because ladies and gentlemen just to let you know the hair. While she is while Anna is in the restroom and looks like she's about to take care of herself um uh because it is a certain time of the month uh the hair uses that as an opportunity to quench its thirst if you will and um yeah that was it's like whoa this took a turn <laughs> it's this movie doesn't know what it wants to be so it's like are we you know like hentai like or what what are we what are we doing here like what what are we doing? Right. Movie? I'm mad you went hentai. Uh, <laughs> Just pick a lane and drive. I don't. I don't know why. And then at first I thought maybe it was going to be a reversal, and the hair was empowering because it kills the guy that was trying to rape her. And right. I was like, okay, so maybe we're going for a I spit on your right, grave exactly. deal, right? But I was upset that that man, like he was, he was like, you know. This landlord, this dirty landlord guy that preys on young black women, and he just so happens to also be a ra- uh, he's a rapist and he's also a racist, and it's just like he, he could have just been a landlord. Yeah. You, you, didn't, you didn't need to do all that. Right, right. <laughs> she just owed rent. That's all. You know. Yeah. It, Nobody likes their landlord. It's right. fine. You could have just been the landlord. Nobody likes their landlord. It's exactly. so true. I mean, but I mean, you know, I guess they didn't have the budget for all those different characters, so we'll just roll them in to this one character 
Um, right. And give him a beer. Yes, and we'll give him a beer. And th- have the turn for him to all of a sudden just be like, you know, what I also didn't like is that he implies that this has happened before. You know what I mean? And and that she was right, complicit right. with it before. You know? Um, and I was like, whoa, so what are you also saying about her character as well? Like, I... Yeah, there's a lot not to like uh, about bad hair for me, anyway. But um, but Jordan, would you recommend that people watch bad hair? Would I recommend that people watch it? Yes. I mean, you're in the house anyway. <laughs> You're not going anywhere. You ain't got nothing to do. So. I recommend you watch. That is the saddest recommendation I've ever heard. uh, For Vanessa Williams is performance. Because I think that at three quarters of the way into this movie, they figured out her character and it was lovely. Mm. Watch it for. Yeah. Mm. Watch it for that. Okay. All right. Or don't watch it. If somebody asks, just be like, you got to find, check it out for yourself. You got to find. It's dynamic. Uh, Vince, where where do you land on recommending? I would not recommend this film. And I don't actually have a sentence <laughs> after that. Um. I, I'm mad to say I actually did recommend this film as some, to somebody just the other day, um, but primarily for somebody who was in a very, very bad mood. Um, and I said, this is a silly enough a movie that it, it, it should make you feel. You, you can have a stupid laugh at it. Um, you know, Smokey and the Bandit is is streaming. You should have recommended Smokey and the Bandit. No, nobody's gonna watch. Nobody's watching Smokey and the Bandit, Vince. It's got Jackie Gleason in it. Jackie Gleason says, "Remind me to punch your mother in the mouth," which is <laughs> is not a good thing to say in real life, but it's an amazing movie line. It's, it's a movie, an amazing movie line, especially when read by the great one, Jackie Gleason. Um, Smokey and the Bandit. You should have recommended. Well, that. I, I wasn't aware of that. So maybe I will next time, Vince. Next time I will recommend. So you're saying okay. I should recommend Smokey and the Bandit as opposed to Bad Hair. Is that what you're saying, Vince? Is that is that Yes. If I had to choose between Smokey and the Bandit and Bad Hair, I would choose Smokey and the Bandit. Okay. All right. And we're recording. All right. Well, that's where we land. But don't let us be your judge, ladies and gentlemen. Check out Bad Hair. Like Jordan said, you've got enough to else to do and it's or smoking the bandit watch them both where are you going you can watch them both you can watch two <laughs> movies you're not going anywhere eat some fiddle faddle watch smoking the bandit and bad put hair put some fiddle faddle wear a kimono for some justin simeon and burt reynolds double feature ladies and gentlemen mm-hmm. Ooh, that's uh that's good movies all right <laughs> least one on this yeah you choose all right well that's our review of 
bad hair, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, Jordan Calling, thank you so much for taking the time to come back on the mission. We yes. really appreciate it. Good to see it was you. So good to see you both. Thank you so much for having me back on the show. I love the show Mission. I love you guys, and uh, thank you so much for having me on. Thank you to the the listeners, and yeah, thanks everyone. And if you want to uh, holler at Jordan, ladies and gentlemen, you can hit her up on Twitter at Simone Lafemme. That is her Twitter it's- handle. If you want to argue with me about lost plot points from 2007 <laughs> that don't matter because Lost is not on TV anymore, you can hit me up on Twitter. That's what I do best is argue with, with bots. <laughs> my my sister actually just, uh, I think she's, I don't think she's done. She just is watching Lost for the first time. So she's. Oh, how's that going? Well, she's getting to the point where I think she's, she's realizing <laughs> I don't think they know what they're doing. I was like, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they don't. It's like the red wedding in Lost. Like people are watching and you're just waiting for them to get to that point and you're like, yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. 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 It's funny, you brought that up. I was just thinking about um because I just finished I've been binging. I had a couple of binges and I finally just finished my binge of, of all things, uh, King of the Hill, um, which was a good show, very underrated show. <laughs> and that's the last thing. Now I'm doing, doing a wellness check on you. The chocolate chips, the fiddle faddle, and now King of the Hill. I need somebody to actually go check on Lynn. He said, I left you all the clues. That's the third thing. You, you almost got out of here. You almost got out of here, Jordan. Anyway, anyway, if it's if it's any consolation, I am now returned. Now that I finished that, returned to my uh, rewatch of The Legend of Korra. So that's what I'm watching now. Okay, is that good, Vince? Is that good? I've never actually seen um, Avatar. I've started it three times, and I've gotten through like two episodes. And then I get distracted. Mm, okay. Well, you're a little. My nerd cred is strong enough to withstand that I blow. No, I don't know. I don't know. But if you say so, um, Jordan, give us uh, um, real quick. Give us a thought for the day as we shut down our show. <laughs> no pressure. Um, my thought for the day is that although Bad Hair was a bad movie, um, if you are a person, whether you are a person of color or you are a person of no color, uh, and you have an idea, go out there and do it. If you want to be creative, go out there and do it. If you have a passion for something in life, go out there and do it. And I'll say this really quickly, um... I've known Lynn and Vince for a couple of years now. I started out doing radio and podcasting in my spare time, and I was able to make a career out of it. If there's something that you want to do, if you don't see anybody around you doing it, go out and find somebody doing something doing something that you want to do. And don't feel like you can't do what you want to do, because you can. You can do it. So for all the creatives out there, you too can go out there and make a bad movie. 
and I will watch it. Or I won't watch it, but I'll tell people I watched it. So, And that's one to grow on. It was so inspirational. And then it was just I lost the, I lost. It was like halfway through. It, like the movie Bad Hair. Like halfway through, I was like, what is going on? <laughs> right, right. It's like you landed on the third season of I Lost. I checked in with my brain, and my brain was like, she's blowing it. And I was like, I have to depend on you for <laughs> yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, if you have any feedbacks, thoughts, and concerns, you can email us at mishowmission at gmail.com. Like and follow us on all the social medias at The Me Show Mission. And The Me Show Mission is available as a podcast, as a proud member of The Podglomerate. Thepodglomerate.com, curated podcast for your earbuds. You can also like and follow us on YouTube as well. And go to The Me Show Mission dot com where we've got swag available just hit swag and check out all of the cool designs that we have available from t public right there for your buying pleasure ladies and gentlemen the michelle mission is airs as a radio show in an edited form every saturday at 1 p.m on wppm 106.5 fm philly cam people power media here in Billy the city, Cam. love and sisterly affection, and you can wake up with the Michelle Mission every Monday morning at 9 a.m. on WKDU FM 91.7 FM, the voice of Drexel University. All right, and don't forget to go to the Michelle Mission dot com and become a follower and a subscriber to the Michelle Mission Dispatch, our weekly newsletter, letting you know what's happening, what movies are coming up, as well as uh, other tidbits and stories and features that we have going on there every week. The Michelle Mission Dispatch, our weekly newsletter. All right. Next week here on the Michaud Mission, we are going to skip across the pond, as it were. We're going to go over to England Ooh. as we speak to Damien Swabi of the Filmmaking Conversations podcast. And we will be reviewing from 1991, Young Soul Rebels. A very interesting right. uh, feature film that talks about the tensions between skinheads and the soul boys in the 70s United Kingdom. So that promises to be another, another period, period piece. piece. Yes, indeed, Vince. That promises to be a lot of fun. Until then, ladies and gentlemen, that's Jordan. I'm Len. He's Vince. And in parting, we say... We'll see you when it's time to meet again. And Ariel Johnson says, King of the Hill is a great show. I'm just putting it out there. Put it out there right there before we end the show. There you go. It's time to bid adieu, it's been a pleasure knowing you, I'll see you when it's time to meet again.